All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Right. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Gosh, another critically important conversation around sales today. I, I can't get enough on this show. There's such a dynamic world and so much evolution and change in the sales force and sales industries these days. So another important conversation. I'm joined this morning by Michael Perla. He is the co-author of a new book called Seven Steps to Salesforce Transformation. He's a principal at Symmetrics Group. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Todd. Uh, the pleasure's mine, Michael. Thank you for making time to join us. I know you're a busy fellow, and I appreciate you carving out a few minutes to join us. Uh, before we get into our conversation, we're here principally to talk about this new book of yours, but I would love for you to take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you, your background, and then give us a quick 10,000-foot uh, view of the Symmetrics Group. What do you do? How do you serve? Sure. So uh, so for me, uh, you know, my father was in sales, so it was always kind of fascinating to me. I used to sell oil, so very much of a relationship sell. So I saw that a lot as growing up. And then I've had a couple of different things I've done. I actually used to be a uh, school psychologist back in the mid to late 90s. So I was always interested in how people think and how they make decisions, etc. And then I really got into kind of management consulting, and I've done work around account management, pre-sales, overlay sales, sales operations, strategic planning and strategic marketing as well. So kind of varied in that respect. And then, uh, you know, Symmetrics Group, we're basically a sales effectiveness consulting firm. So kind of boutique, 20 to 25 folks. We focus exclusively around sales, so sales as a function, and really across the sales landscape. So from go-to-market strategy and structure to processes and tools, to sales enablement and people, and then finally, uh, you know, metrics and management. So that's kind of a, a high-level view of Symmetrics Group. All right. Thank you for doing that. All right. So I, there's a typical question I ask every guest on the show, particularly when they write around a subject that's a common one, such as sales. But there's a little nuance to what you're doing here, and so I'm going to ask it a similar question, but with with the Michael Perlis move on it. Uh, the world didn't really, in my view, need another book on sales, and I can say that because I have published a book on sales. So, but but your 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 focus in this book is on Salesforce transformation. So so walk me through why you two had to write. And give me a quick overview of your co-author as well. But why did you have to write this book? Warren and I, and Warren Shiver, my co-author, yeah, we've actually worked together. This is the fourth company. So we worked back in the day. It was part of Siebel Systems. It was a TAS, a sales methodology, target account selling. 
Then we worked together at Sales Performance International, which owned the solution selling brand. And then we started up a sales effectiveness practice at North Highland Consulting, which is our local Atlanta company, about a $300, $350 million consulting firm. So, so we've worked together pretty closely for 15 or 16 years. And we predominantly worked in this kind of sales effectiveness space. So clearly we've gained some insight, some experience. And then, you know, frankly, as part of the book, we surveyed 100 plus sales organizations and we talked to about 35 sales executives or leaders. So really tried to crystallize what's going on here, what are the best practices, et cetera. And I think for this book, it's not a, it's not a skills book around sales. There's a lot of those available. We can think of the classic one around spin selling, uh, Neil Rackham. I mean, this is at a, a holistic, a fundamental change in the way a company sells. So, you know, the audience for this is, you know, SVP of sales, the C-suite, and others in that realm who are really looking at transforming an organization. And I think how we describe it, you know, it's not changing a light bulb, it's rewiring the house. And so we wanted to kind of put our experience together, what we learned, and put a process together that would ultimately, if somebody wanted to do this, they'd have a roadmap and they'd be more likely to be successful. Well, walk me through what's happening in the economy and the business environment. I mean, what scenarios are occurring that require a sales force to go through a transformation on the order of what you're talking about? I mean, why does this have to happen? So our first step is drivers. So what's driving the need for change? So it's a great question, and I think every company should take a a very close look at that. So as part of our research, we asked that. And so, you know, a couple of things that came out were kind of, you know, new revenue targets. We've had a number of clients, hey, you're growing at single digits. We want you to grow at double digits. I think most people know sales growth is critical for like a stock price. It's 30 to 40% of a stock price. We just saw Apple report earnings. They did well on profits and earnings per share, but weren't growing as fast. So top line growth is critical. And we found that as a, as a kind of a key driver. A couple of others were, they're not hitting their number, right? So poor sales. Again, everybody's looking at, can you get top line growth, whether it's new products, selling more into existing customers, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think a couple of others were kind of new leadership. So new head of sales comes in, chief sales officer wants to shake things up and needs to, you know, shift the organization in some way. And then, and then lastly, what we found was you're seeing this more and more, a lot of M&A. So company acquires another company. They have a whole sales force. They have the way they do things. They have a sales culture. How do you blend those together? How do you get one person or one salesperson to sell the full bag? How do you do that? How do you integrate it? So those are some of the drivers we've seen of why you would transform. And then there's other reasons you might just tweak what we call a tweak, which is just a smaller change. Okay, I got it. I think it's important to understand the distinction between when you say change and transformation. It's not the same thing as I understand it. Walk us through that. Yeah, so basically, you know, we describe a, a tweak of, of a smaller change. Let's say, you know, you, you need a new system to do quotes or you need some specific sales training around a particular topic. Let's say negotiations, you're, you're discounting too much or what have you. 
you know, a transformation is literally, it's a wholesale change. And let's say you want to move from a, a product type sale to a solution consultative, insightful sale. Neil Rackham used to talk about this, you know, from a transactional sale to a consultative sale to an enterprise sale. So frankly, a, a transformation encompasses across the whole company. And one of our key tenants is it has to be cross-functional. Like sales can't be an island. They can't go it alone. So this transformation versus tweak is really around, you know, kind of what's your objectives? Where do you want sales to go? What's happening in the marketplace as you talked about? And, you know, what's the level of change required a transformation is almost a change on steroids. I got it. So <laughs> I'm thinking about my own organization. Now, granted, I am no enterprise, so it's a four-man crew, but three of us focus on sales. We all do it very, very differently. We all have a different approach, a different mindset, a different way we, we organize ourselves, and that's fine. I, we, we should be allowed to operate in a way that, that works for, for each of us individually. However, we are part of a team, right? And so there is, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about the, natu- the, 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 the natural salesperson. They're traditionally very resistant to change and they don't like new processes. They don't like new standards, new formats, new this and that. It's, it's, it's upsetting to our salespeople. How do you overcome that? And then how does, I mean, it's got to be really tricky to get this wide ranging sales force enveloped into this whole transformation because it can be very upsetting, I suspect. How do you manage that? Yeah, there is. I mean, I think you nailed it. I mean, a lot of salespeople are independent. They're used to being independent. They kind of self-allocate their time and they're also very entrepreneurial. And so if you put, you know, a lot of process in there and we see this with like CRM systems, you know, you're going to get a lot of blowback and, uh, and there's also usually a lot of scar tissue around that. So one, I think there's clearly a balance. I think for our work, we try to kind of keep it as simple as possible that somebody will actually use it rather than some sort of perfect system. But I think, you know, a couple of the things that we've seen, and this is almost in any change initiative, is, is leadership, right? I mean, authentic, committed, inspiring, sustained leadership is critical. If you don't have the, the top chief sales officer and then you don't have the first-line sales managers on board, with an inspired vision, which is our second step, you're probably going to have problems and people are not going to kind of buy into it. And then, you know, I mean, salespeople can appreciate communications as well. I mean, communicating early and often, a lot of in our interviews with, you know, with, with folks, they kept saying this, right? I had to keep repeating myself. It's almost like a marketing message. A lot of salespeople have seen things come and go. They don't believe it. So, you know, leadership and communication are at least two areas. We have a couple others in the book that are, are pretty critical to kind of get them on board and make salespeople feel a little bit better about the change. Got it. All right. Michael and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. Golden Source Consultants is a different kind of management consulting firm. Like their logo, The Lion, the firm represents the courage and ability to overcome difficulties once and for all. GSC is dedicated to helping clients solve critical challenges, tackling organizational change and business transformation with turnkey solutions and agile project cycles. The lasting value of their work is seen and felt in their clients' ability to sustain improvement and meet business objectives long after the project is complete. 
Join Golden Source in their fresh approach to problem solving by contacting them at 404-692-5540 or learn more about them online at goldensourceconsultants.com. All right, I am back with Michael Perla, the co-author of Seven Steps to Salesforce Transformation. So, Michael, when a sales organization makes the decision to do this, uh, what are the what are the key indicators of success? I mean, what what are the two or three things that have to happen to make this this transformation really work? So we found, and and, and we asked this in in our survey, is you know one of the key pieces is around measurement. So we found, you know, the number one piece to have a successful sales transformation was kind of ongoing process measurement, right? I mean, sales has a very clear scorecard. Everybody knows you either hit quota, you don't, you hit your goals, your numbers. So, I mean, numbers are, are pretty critical. And so ongoing measurement around the transformation, which at first might be more qualitative, and then as results begin to come in, there may be things like um, win ratios and deal sizes and sales cycle time and wallet share. Some of those things you might start looking at as you're making a transformation. But that's kind of a key piece is that initial kind of process metrics that you're looking at that kind of is front and center and you're making momentum on the transformation. So that's a key one. And then also some, some kind of customer indicators, right? So we're a big fan of voice of the customer, right? I mean, it's very easy to be internally focused. So make sure there's an external viewpoint and you understand how the customer feels, what they're doing, satisfaction levels, et cetera, is another key piece as you think about the sales conversations you want your people to have. So those are a couple areas that you want to look at. Got it, got it. All right, so this idea of process measurement. So I just want to be sure the audience is real clear on what you mean by that because I understand the very traditional sales measurement, how many opportunities won, how many opportunities lost, so on and so forth. Process measurement, one more time. I want to be sure we are real clear on that. So basically looking at, before you sometimes get to some of the results, right? So if we think of a result metric, which, yeah, maybe, you know, how many people hit quota, what was the win ratio of our largest deals, how long are they taken, and in some organizations, you know, you could have a three to six month sales cycle. So this is just ongoing measurement around some of the things you want your transformation to change. So I want my people to be having different sales conversations, right? More consultative, more insightful. So that may be some, some ride-alongs that your sales managers are doing and others. And, you know, also how you're constructing a deal, right? If we're selling a solution, it's not a single product. We're working with a client now. It's services. It's multiple products. It crosses multiple BUs. So I begin to look at things before I get to the results that are starting to indicate that the company is transforming and how they sell, what they're talking about with customers and kind of the value they're delivering. Got it. So I'm curious. I mean, I, I'm beginning to understand the value and the necessity of why a sales force may need to go through a transformational process. But what happens when the rest of the organization doesn't necessarily comply with this? I mean, I, I, can, I can envision a multi-departmental organization where the sales force goes through a, a, a major overhaul in how they, how they do things, but yet then the rest of the organization is, is not necessarily in alignment anymore. Is that, is that a common problem? It is. So, and it kind of goes to our fourth step, which is around support. So one of the things we found, and, you know, a key adage here is sales can't be an island. 
so I can think of a conversation we had with a, a sales executive at a Fortune uh, 50 company, and they were on their third sales transformation. And basically, he told us in the interview, he said, you know, we, we basically tried to go it alone. And it didn't work. I mean, especially today for sales, you can think about HR. Who are you hiring? How are you incenting them from IT? How are you enabling salespeople? What sort of systems in place to marketing? What are you arming salespeople with from a messaging standpoint, et cetera? So all of those teams need to be on board. And, you know, as part of our survey, we asked, if you were to do this over again, you know, what would you learn? What would you do differently? And the most common answer was I would build alliances cross-functionally up front. I'd get buy-in, and I wouldn't try to go it alone. Yeah, yeah. Easier said than done. I mean, it's amazing how yeah. how tricky that is in a lot of organizations. And there's, you know, there's obviously a lot of internal politics, you know. But 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 this is really an internal sale too, right? I mean, this this is this, you don't just hang a cool motivational poster above the desk and say, "All right, this transformation's done." I mean, you, you have to sell this internally too. Uh, yeah. So a key principle and adage in the book we have is you should treat this like a hard fought kind of external sales campaign, right? So if you're a salesperson and you've done it, right, and particularly for a large deal, and I've worked for a couple of, you know, large software companies, I mean, you got to have, you know, I got my sales strategy, I have a relationship plan, who do I need to touch, how often, et cetera. I have my sales tactics. I understand the organizational structure and who's who and who has influence, et cetera. So typically, if you're doing an opportunity plan, it's pretty detailed for a large opportunity that's competitive. So you're exactly right. You should do the same thing internally of how am I touching marketing? How am I making sure everybody's bought in? How can I have an advisory board to make sure I get people's input so they feel like you know they have some stake in this? So exactly right. It needs to be treated like a like you would an external sales campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the top half of the show, you mentioned vision, and I, I I want to come back to that because I think that's critically important because it's it's not just oh, our goal is to sell a million dollars in business. I mean that's not a vision, right? Or am I wrong? I, that's exactly right. I mean, at the highest level, and you know, I know you've been in some uh, some political arenas, and you know, creating a vision that's one inspiring, exciting is, is important. But I think as you get down to sales as well, yeah, it needs to be a little bit more specific. So people, it's not just a platitude or some sort of generality that people are throwing out there. I mean, ultimately, you want to talk about you know, what does our ideal customer look like, right? And, and, and what does good look like from a sales conversation? We're seeing more and more clients. They want their people to be more consultative. They want them to be more insightful. They can't be a walking brochure. They need to provide value to the call. So the, the vision needs to paint that pretty clearly as, as succinctly as possible and then also talk about, you know, frankly, how they're going to go to market as well, right? So we might sell direct to our largest strategic customers. Maybe we go through a channel for our smaller customers. But this is, you know, this is what good looks like. These are the conversations we want to have. And this is how we're going to go to market. It needs to have some specificity to be believable. Yeah, absolutely. You touched on this earlier, but I want to come back to this as well in, in, in discussing the importance of communication. Now, I believe that 99% of the world's problems are a result of poor communication. It's no different here in this process. Uh, any, any advice and counsel you can share on how to 
and a, that's another issue that so many organizations struggle with is is a, a good communication process. Any advice there on how to improve that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I remember Jack Welch, yeah, the head of uh, GE for so many years. You know, he used to say how often he had to repeat himself that it was just it's almost like a marketing message in terms of communication for people to start to believe you that this is real because they see a lot of things come and go. I think from a sales standpoint. The first-line sales manager is critical in a lot of things, right? People leave managers. They often don't leave companies. So hopefully your sales manager is having a monthly meeting with their team, at least, and they're having a monthly one-on-one with their direct reports with the salespeople, and also they should be going on ride-alongs with their salespeople. So all of these things you know, that they, they should be doing every month in terms of sales management activities, you know, they can begin to communicate these messages, right? It doesn't have to be formal and we're going to do this, but you know, every, every review, every monthly meeting, here's, how we're, here's, here's our new messages, here's the progress we're doing. So it should really be interwoven as part of the sales and sales management activities. Got it. Uh, we're right out of time, but one last question. Uh, I've heard you say that success can be a barrier to success. What do you mean by that? So for a lot of companies, and we've had a number of clients that we've talked to, they're doing well. So they're hitting their numbers. Top line growth is where it should be. And so oftentimes they don't have an appetite to make changes, whereas sometimes if there's poor sales results or what have you, they do. So the challenge is they could be doing good now, but have troubles in the future and you can see this whole idea around like disruptive innovation, right? Clayton Christensen, the Harvard professor, talks about some of the things that are changing in the market that you're not really paying attention to, and all of a sudden, you know, they take over your business. So I think for a lot of organizations, they're doing well now, and, you know, they need to invest and potentially make changes and make sure they're staying attuned to the market. But sometimes it can lessen the appetite to make a change. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, this is this is something that requires constant evolution, right? I mean, now it may not require a transformation all the time, but but there are you ought to be paying close attention because there's probably adjustments and tweaks and small changes you need to be continually making, right? Yeah, no, exactly right. Yeah, this isn't a one and done. You plan it and you put it in the file drawer. I mean, we talk about kind of the slog of implementation. It, it, it's hard, and you're learning, and hopefully you have some advisory boards that we talked about cross-functionally that can help you and, and provide input. But you're exactly right. It's just like going after any big deal. You've got to make adjustments. Some competitor comes in. Somebody leaves that you had a relationship with. You've got to be able to change or you know, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, there's a lot of crap in those file drawers, let me tell you. All right, so, Michael, we're out of time. Before I let you go, a couple of things. How can people contact you should they have questions? Where can they get their hands in a copy of the book? And then where can they learn more about Symmetrics Group? So we have a website, so it's symmetricsgroup.com, S-Y-M-M-E-T-R-I-C-S, group, all one word, dot com. So that's, that's our website. We also have a, there's a picture of the book on there, and you can go to a separate page about the book. The book is on Amazon, so the seven steps to Salesforce transformation, Warren Shiver and Michael Perla, you can go on there and should be able to find that. You can also get it in the U.K., the publisher is uh, Paul Grave McMillan. Uh, on our website, it has all the, the key players of the company, as well as a lot of other things that 
people can read about top performers in other things in sales that have some good lessons learned. Outstanding. Michael Perla, the co-author of Seven Steps to Salesforce Transformation and the Principal at Symmetrics Group. Michael, real pleasure. Thanks again for stopping by and joining us. Hey, thank you, Chad. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, it was great to spend some time with you. All right, well, that's all for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Michael Perla, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. <laughs>